0: Good morning again. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to hear the word of God as he has prepared uh, throughout this week for me and as I prayed and I studied and I meditated on his own word so that I can be blessed, so in return that I can bless you. Uh, this morning, we're going to end our series of who we are with uh, we are the bride of Christ. Uh, last week, we talked about we are the ambassadors of Christ. Prior to that, we, ta- we talked about we are citizens of uh, heaven. And beginning, we kicked it off by we're children of God. And I'm excited as we conclude. uh, I can't believe April is coming, Pastor Mark, already. (laughs) I can't believe the time flies. The time flies when when we're having fun. And we're having fun. Amen. We're having fun, having fun Jesus. So if you can see it in your bulletin insert, and this is something new, and this is something that we're going to do regularly each month. So I want to give you a heads up each month what's coming up. And you see it, it says April message series, Uptown Baptist Church. And the next series that we're going to do is what? He still moves stones. Amen? Just as, uh, just as God removed the stone from the tomb where Jesus was able to walk out, he still removes stones. And some of the stones that we, we may be blocking us from getting closer to the Lord is worry. We worry. And Jesus clearly says, do not worry. But why do we worry? The second is that, okay, or third is that anger. Sometimes we lose our temper. Right. Sometimes we lose our temper to, to our loved ones in our, where, where we're at a workplace or while we're driving. That's why they ha- they have such thing called road rage, right? Uh, and so and then we're gonna end with he still moves our fears. And uh, next week because it's uh, Resurrected Sunday, we're gonna kick it off with he has risen. And I'm excited to preach this series. Not to say that I'm not excited to preach this series that i'm going to conclude but you know me by now i'm excited all the time you know and so i hear that with uh a g all the time she's like i'll wait for sunday for you to preach all right and so but i i love to preach any opportunity that i get but so uh you know me by now and you'll get to know me more and more about that and so by the way i just want to say uh uh, um tim where are you but you know saying thank you With the ministry that you're going to continue on. And I loved it how they named it gospel. And that's what we're all about. Gospel. Amen? Amen. That's what it's all about. We're not about anything else. But we're about the gospel. Jesus Christ came into this world. He humbled himself. And he was humiliated. And he was put to death. He was crucified. And that's what we're going to talk about. And... He resurrected and he appeared to the disciples and to over a couple thousand people. That's what the gospel is all about. It's all about Jesus Christ and nothing else. And that's what we as a church is all about, the gospel. Amen? Amen. Let's pray and then we are go to the message. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We love you, Lord, because you are good and faithful. Because of you, Father, that we're gathered here today. We're not gathered here today because we share similar hobbies or similar vocation or similar personalities or we're gathered here because of you father there's no other reason so father we thank you and now we ask that you bless this message that your servant is about to speak lord i'm just your tool i'm just your servant and I'm here to proclaim your message. Now, may the meditation of my heart and the words that are spoken through this servant may be pleasing and honoring and glorifying your holy name. In the holy name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Many of us use the word love very easily or lightly. And what do I mean by this or loosely? What do I mean by this? Beginning with me. Sometimes you hear people say, I love strawberry shortcake. I love our Chicago Bears. I love our Chicago Cubs. You know, and, and and sometimes we say, I love the vacation that we were on. I love that song that we just sang. Boy, I love that clothes, or I love that car that I see out there. Now, this is not necessarily bad. But the point that I'm making is the problem lies when we bring that mindset or this mindset to our relationships. You see? I'm sure you hear people say, I fell in love and I fell out of love just as easily. I also heard many people say, it takes a lot of work to stay in love let alone to try to deepen their love. In our world today, many people, many families struggle with this. And God knows that we all struggle with this. And for that reason, the Bible is known to be a love letter. Many of you, if not all of you, heard of this term or phrase, a love letter. Bible is a love letter to us. From God, He taught and showed us how He loves us and how we are to love through the, His word. God's love will never fail or stop. Christ's love is unconditional. And as we know that Christ's love is unconditional and as we know that God's love will stop, then why do we struggle with this so much? So as we conclude our series today with who we are, we will discover that we are the bride of Christ. And that we are loved by God. Amen? Who gave himself up for us. So please turn with to Ephesians chapter 3. And many of you, if not all of you, know this text very well. It's very familiar to you. And as we study this book of uh, Ephesians, we will notice two biblical truths. One, there is an amazing unity between husband and wife. And second, there is a wonderful relationship between Christ and his church. Christ is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. In the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus often referred to himself as what? The bridegroom. And we are what? The bride. Paul also describes both Christ and husbands. He puts it together, Christ and husbands. Together. And the church and the wives. But today, we are going to focus only as Christ as a bridegroom and we as his church as his bride. That will be our study this morning. Paul begins, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, verse 25. He begins by saying this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, we hear the word love and it doesn't impact us as much as it should, especially when we hear about the love of Christ. Does it impact us the way it should? Many times it doesn't because we hear it over and over again, perhaps Sundays and perhaps on Bible studies or even the messages that we hear on Sunday Sundays or in, and on radio. It does not impact us as much as it should. And here's why. I believe one of the reasons why is because we all have been disappointed with love. Are you with me? If you have been disappointed with love, say amen. Amen? We discover human love has limitations. And often it is driven by how one it feels. Parents, children, spouses, and friends tell us they love us, but they act otherwise, or the actions show otherwise. We all have been disappointed by love, with love, and we also have disappointed people that we love as well. So Paul brings up one example. He says, Husbands, love your wives, not with human." Love that has limitations, but the way that Christ loved the church. I'm sure Paul saw it within the church, in the Ephesus or the churches that he planted. He saw husbands mistreating their wives, or at the same time, the congregation mistreating one another. So he brings up the example, he's saying, listen, love your husband. Uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he's expanding upon that. And he's going further. Congregation, the church, love one another as Christ loved the church. But because we, now I'm not talking about UBC, but generally speaking, we've been disappointed with love. It doesn't impact us as much as it should. Rather being the strong love of God, it becomes very weak. And we pick and we use it very loosely, as I shared earlier, as example, saying that I love that sandwich that I just had. Love ones, if we truly understood the love of God, it should have a more profound impact on our lives. Amen. The question naturally arises then what does it mean that Christ loved the church? What does it mean specifically? If you're taking notes, one, he gave his own life for the church. Please listen carefully. So that the church can be alive. The problem that I see with many churches today, and not UBC, is that they simply exist. And to me that's, Very disappointing because Christ Jesus did not sacrifice himself. He did not give himself up so that the churches simply exist. We, as a church, are not called to simply exist. Amen, UBC? But we are called to be alive as his bride. We're called to thrive. We're called to grow. We're called to excel as a bride of Christ. Amen? Not simply exist. Can I say that if you're looking for a church that to just simply exists, you're in the wrong church. Amen. You save that seat for someone else who wants to, to be alive, who wants to, to, to grow, and wants to be a thrive, and who wants to be a church that is truly the bride of Christ that is alive. Amen? Christ's sacrificial love did not care about himself but only serves the very being that he loves. Can you believe Almighty God serves us? He lived that out 2,000 years ago by washing the feet of his disciples. He left that as an example. He didn't stop there, but he continued to serve the one that he loves. And we are the one that he loves. Amen? Amen. Second, Christ is praying for his bride, for the spiritual life. Do you know that Christ is praying for you? He is praying for our relationship with our spouses, pressures that we face, friendships, and for the dreams and goals we have in life. Brothers and sisters, don't ever give up your dream. Amen? Don't ever give up your goals in life. Christ is praying for you for that. Third, Christ cares for our daily needs, and he brings them pleasure for providing them. Just as you bring pleasure for providing for your, for your, for your family, for your children, or for your friends, He brings you pleasure, Christ for him, it brings pleasure, a pleasure for providing for us. And many of you, if not all of you, can say that you've been blessed by the provision of Christ. Amen? Loved ones, Christ gave himself up for the church. Why? Because in verse 26, Paul says this, To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. I want you to look at what Paul said here very carefully. To make what? To make her holy, that's, me, that's, be, that's you and me. Cleansing her, that's you and me, by the washing with water through the word. In the past, I officiated many weddings. Honestly, I've done so many weddings, I don't even know how many I've did. Or performed. But I heard from the bride one thing. All oh, it's the same thing. One thing that I hear from the bride, and perhaps some of you, if I take you to the, your memory lane, the the, the ladies, who, the bride here, that you the basically you got up every, you got up early in the morning for what? To anticipate that it's going to be a great and beautiful day, because it is your wedding day. Their friends and family gather to help the beautiful bride to get up to get ready from head to toe everything's perfect the makeup the gown and how it all complement together perfect for the groom I remember to this day still this day that as I was standing up in in the platform like this and I saw my beautiful bride walking down the aisle she was perfect and she still is perfect I don't know about me I don't know if I can say I'm perfect but she was she is perfect Everything complemented together. Perfect for who? The groom. But as the bride of Christ, please hear me now, Christ himself actively gets involved in making us the bride that we were meant to be. That's the difference. I didn't participate of helping my wife to look beautiful on that day. I just had to show up. (laughs) Right? Some of the men, you know know what I'm talking about. We just had to show up. That's it. But the difference with Christ as our bridegroom, what? He doesn't just show up, but he actively participates and gets involved in making the bride as beautiful and elegant as we were meant to be. Amen? Amen? To be perfect for him. And the question again arises, Is how does he do that? First, he makes us holy. It is Christ who makes us holy. It is Christ who makes us pure and clean. If we try to do it on our own, you and I know that it doesn't work. We fall short. I try to make myself holy. I try to make myself clean. I try to make myself pure. But over and over again, it doesn't work. Only Christ can make us holy. Only Christ can make us pure. Only Christ can make us clean. Second, he wash us with not with water, but catch this, by through the preaching Of God's word. You hear that? Brothers and sisters, our number one priority as UBC is preaching and proclaiming the word of God. Amen? You will never see me detour from that. And if you see me detour from the preaching of the word, then you need to address me and you need to say, Pastor, uh -uh uh-uh-uh, I give you permission. But number one priority as a church is proclamation and the preaching of the word of God. Amen? And that will never change. His word makes us clean, joyfully baptized, and he transforms us to be the bride of Christ. Nothing else. It is his word. Each one of us who went through this beautiful experience has been dedicated to his church and to him in first corinthians chapter 6 verse 11 paul said this and that is what some of you were in the context paul is talking about how they were in the past listen what he says but you were washed you were sanctified you were justified meaning declare righteous." In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. And as his bride, we are going through a process of sanctification. Internal cleaning. Internal cleansing. And being transformed into absolute perfection by the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that you're in the process of becoming perfect in Christ Jesus? Notice in verse 27, and to present her, meaning us. To who? Himself. Let me press this pause button here. How many of you bought a gift for yourself? Raise your hand. We all did, right? One time or another. Sometimes we'll say, I deserve that. You know, I deserve it from working hard. You know, or I deserve it because I pour so much into in this relationship or in our families or whatever. I deserve it. So I said, hey, I'm going uh, to uh, treat myself today to a, a new shoes, new bag or a new tie or or new or I'm going to treat myself with a nice cup of latte, you know. We do that, don't we? And it feels good because we treated ourselves. But catch this. What did Jesus do here? And to present her, meaning Christ, he says, I'm gonna, I want to give, give a gift to myself. And what did he do? Did he go out shopping to go look for a gift? He said, hey, I'm going to need a new car, or I'm going to need a new this, a new whatever. He says, no, I'm going to give a gift to myself, and who's that? what the gift is is you. Isn't that amazing? He didn't go out and get a new sandals. He didn't go out and get a new robe. He went out and present us to himself as a gift. This is what he says. This is what the word of, word of God says. And to present her, meaning us, to who? Himself. As what? As a radiant church. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemishes. It is Christ who removes any stain, wrinkle, or any blemishes in our soul so that we will be present to himself as a radiant church. Little translation from Greek is this. Catch this. Means in all her glory. Not just a radiant church. But all in her glory. John, in his vision, in, in, see the bride of Christ having the glory of God in this way. In Revelation chapter 29, verse 9 through 11, he says, Come, I will show you the bride, meaning us. The wife of the Lamb. Lamb, what is what? Perfect Lamb of God is who? Christ. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down of heaven from God. It shown with what? The glory of God. And his brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. Brothers and sisters, Christ has completely freed us from any defects of sin. We're not going to get a recall because we're defected. We're not going to get a recall from his work in our lives, but be brilliant like a precious, precious jewel. I don't know if you have experienced this, but our family personally, myself, G, my father, had many recalls from the automobile company. Right? How many of you had recalls, right? Whether it may be the airbag, whether it may be some kind of a, you know, circuit, whatever. We had recalls. The reason why we had so many recalls is because it was made by imperfect human beings. Because it had made by human imperfect beings, it had many defects. But you know now where I'm going at, right? Christ made us. We are his workmanship. We are a new creation. And Christ is not imperfect, but Christ is perfect. Christ is God. And so therefore, he cannot make any mistakes. It's not in His in character. He cannot make any uh, 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 imperfection. Because he's perfect. So therefore, when we are a new creation in Christ, and we are new in him, and that we are his bride, we're not going to get any recalls. Amen? Because we're perfect. Because of him. No recalls. Because we stand in all our glory. The radiant church. Brothers and sisters, the goal of the church is to be holy and blameless. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, Paul says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be what? Holy? And second, blameless in his sight. Can you believe God chose us before creating the world? He brought us together as a church to be holy and blameless. That was a reason he created us. One of the reasons. Before he created the seas, before he created the mountains, before he created anything, before any he created you and me to be holy and blameless in his sight. I don't know about you, but this gets me really excited that I'm created by him before anything else to be holy and blameless. Christ did all this to present us to himself as a radiant church. And Paul says in the same way, notice in verse 28, he says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their bodies, excuse me, as their own bodies. He who loves his own he who loves his wife loves himself. Now, this is a tall demand for us as husbands. But that's another message. And don't worry, wives and ladies. I will preach this message to the husbands, okay? And that they make sure the husbands come to service so they could hear this message. But here, I want to focus on what Paul said. He who loves his wife loves himself. And he said this to build upon what he was going to say in verse 29. Listen carefully. He says, after all, no one hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. This, does this sound familiar? He, where did Paul learn this from? He's getting from Jesus when Jesus taught what? What is the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right? So Paul is tapping into Jesus' teaching, and he's using the same reasoning, same logic, and he says that, that no one even ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church what do I mean by this let me simplify this I take care of my body I like to exercise I like to uh, play sports I like to eat that's why I exercise to eat you know I love to here's that word again I was going to use I love to eat see that we're in that habit of doing that Here's it again. I was going to say, I love to play golf. I was going to use that word again. We use it loosely, that word. Notice I emphasize I, I, I. It's about self. All of us, when we are hungry, we're going to get something to eat. Some of you already are planning in your mind what I'm going to have for lunch, right? Or what I'm going to have for dinner. You know, what I'm going to have for snack. All of us, when we're hungry, we want something to eat. Or, when our body needs care, what happens? We take care of our body. It needs care. But what Paul is saying is this. Please listen carefully. As we feed and care for our body, in the same way, Christ feeds and cares for his body. And who's his body? The church. That's Paul's logic. Do you understand? Just as you feed and care for your body, Christ feeds and cares for his body. That is the bride of Christ. Isn't that amazing? I don't know about you, but this really excites me up. I mean, this really pumps me up because, again, that Christ got my back. Christ got your back. Whatever you need, whatever you desire. Remember, he says, God grants the desires of your heart. Because he loves the body just as he loves himself. Notice in verse thirty: for we are members of his body. Do you catch that? We are members, you, me, we are members of his body. Collectively, we make up the body. We collectively we make up his body. He is the head. We should never forget that. He is the head. Uh, look at my body. The way that my arms and my legs and my feet, my head, my neck is all connected is perfectly in sync. Because I am God's workmanship. You are God's workmanship. Although, when I go to heaven, I'm going to say, Lord, why did you give me such a short arms <laughs> and short legs? Because every time I have to buy a suit, I have to alter my arms. And I have to alter my leg, the length of, uh, but it, that's the question that I'm going to ask Jesus when I go to heaven, okay? You know? But he's going to say, but I gave you a beautiful wife. <laughs> Amen? But you you see what I'm talking about. It works in sync. My fingers, when my head says move my fingers, it moves. When my my brain says move right, it moves to the right. When my head says lift up your left leg, it lifts up my left leg. Do you see? It's in sync. So if Jesus, who is the head, tells us, what to do to be holy, then I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to be holy. If Jesus says, be blameless, Jesus, okay, then I'm going to be blameless. Because again, head dictates what the body does. Amen? My head's telling me to clap. Like your, your head is telling you to clap. It's clapping. You see? And that's why Paul is making a point. We are his body. Amen? And the body obeys the head. So my challenge to all of you is this. Are we living a holy life? Are we living a holy life? As he says. Notice in verse 31, Paul quotes from Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. He says, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. Why did did Paul quote this? The reason why Paul quote this is that Christ is our groom and we are his bride. And when we are united with Christ, we become what? One. Because he is our head and we are his body. Have you thought about that? You are one with Christ. We are one with Christ. We are his body and he is the head. I don't know about you. Again, I'm going to say this again. This makes me feel awesome. That we, I, am connected to Christ. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 15 verse 5. It's not behind me. But he says, I am divine and you are the branches. That means the vine and the branches, what? They're connected. And he says, if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear what? Much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The reason why many churches the reason why many Christians do not bear fruit is because they're disconnected with Jesus Christ. Amen? And Jesus saying that we need to be connected because if we're not connected, then we cannot do anything. And that, UBC, we need to remember. Okay? Remember, we're not simply to exist, but we're, we're created and called to be alive as his bride. And as we are his bride, we need to be connected to him daily, every hour, every second, every minute. Amen? Without him, we can't do anything. So in verse 32, Paul says this, this is a profound mystery, ministry, but I am talking about Christ and the church. He says, husband and wife relationship was always a mystery. That's what Paul says. Ever since the first marriage, Adam and Eve. But Paul says this, this is a, spirit, this is a profound mystery. But now it is no longer a mystery. Why? It is very crystal clear. Because the mystery is this. Christ is the bridegroom, and we are his bride. In closing, we cannot understand love or how it works without first knowing the love of God. That is why when we look at the world today, separation of husband and wife, divorce is so prevalent. Because the standard is according to the world. I remember I was disappointed when I heard of this young couple. Within six, mar- within six months of their relationship into marriage, they filed for divorce. Why? Because their standard was themselves. You heard me say this before. They were not connected with Christ. And the husband was not able to love the wife as Christ loved the church because he did not understand the love of God. Amen? And so human love is limited. The only way that we could have a perfect relationship that God meant it to be is that when we are connected with Christ that we need to understand the love of God and how it works. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Look at the world. And you tell me otherwise. Because it's over, 50, over 60%. And that's why we need Christ. Broken relationships is not too late when you have Christ. Amen? Remember a story. A father and a son was taking a walk and as they were walking the son noticed on the sidewalk and you probably noticed this too during the summer there's a lot of ants on the sidewalk in the pavement and there were a lot and they were scattered and they were going all different directions and the boy looked at the father and said dad look at them they're all scattered they don't it looks like they don't know what they're doing they're lost and he kind of put his knee and, and then tried to help the ants, and the, and the father said, "Boy, boy, boy, don't touch that ants because they're going to get scared. And they don't know what they're going to. They don't know what to do." And so the boy looked up to the father and said, "Father, Dad, I wish, I wish I could help them. How can I help them?" And the father said, boy, "Boy, you cannot help them as a boy. The only way that you can help them is to you become an ant to help them." Now you know where I'm getting at, right? The father was walking in the heavens with his son Jesus. And his son Jesus noticed as he was looking on earth, he saw someone like me, Nick, going back and forth, lost, clueless. And Jesus looked at me and said, Father, that boy needs my help. And the father said, You're right. Human nature, they need our help. And Jesus said, I want to help them. I want to help them. And the Father said, the only way you can help them is that you have to humble yourself and become one of them. 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, you and I know Jesus became us, right? Right? He humbled himself, he emptied himself, he humbled himself, so what? So that he can help us, but ultimately that he had to sacrifice himself so that you and I could be right with God. So that our sin is cleansed, or all of our dirtiness, all of our filthiness, all of our stains, all of our wrinkles, all of our blemishes are gone because of Christ. That's what Christ did for you and me. And that is is the only reason why that, again, we could understand the love if we understand what Christ has done for us. So Christ gave up himself for you and me. Because of his blood, we're no longer stained with sin. And as Pastor Mark alluded to earlier, no more sacrifice. It is finished. The sin that you committed last year or the past, it is finished. The sin that you're going to commit today, it is finished. The sin that you're going to commit tomorrow, it is finished. It is done. It is done. And that is why we need to be connected with Christ. And as we are connected with Christ, we're going to live a holy and blameless life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for sending your son, Jesus, into this world so that he can help us. We needed a Savior, and he came. And Jesus, we thank you that you submitted to the perfect will of God, and you humbled yourself, and you became a human being so that you could help us and teach us and say, this is how you ought to live. Follow my example as I lead. And Jesus, through your blood and through your cleansing, we are done with all of our sin and done with all of our wrinkles or any other blemishes because of your glorious work. So we thank you. And for that reason, we submit to you. As our body submits to the head, We, as your body, the bride of Christ, submit to the groom and we submit to the lordship of Christ. Help us, Lord, to be connected to Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.